1: Bengals Live on the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network. Brought to you by Paycor. Paycor is proud to be the official HR software provider of the Cincinnati Bengals. Alta Fiber, future proof fiber internet designed to elevate your home, business, and community to a new level. Kettering Health, best care for the best fans. Kettering Health, official healthcare provider of the Cincinnati Bengals. You're listening to the Bengals Radio Network.
2: All right, let's get it going on this Monday night. It's Bengals line. We're on the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network at 700 WLW. Lance McAllister, Dave Lapham. We've got three hours to sort through tonight. Man, we've got a lot to deal with. We'll hear from coaches, players, and more current players, former players. Let's get to it. I'm Lance McAllister. He's Dave Lapham. And, Dave, let's reset since last we talked. And if you go back to Thursday night, I think when everybody saw Joe wince on the sidelines with the throw attempt, Everybody had that feeling in their stomach like, uh-oh, this is not good, and we've since learned it's not. But it's, it's the reality is it's life in the NFL. There's still seven games to go, and this, no matter how you slice it, this is still a
3: damn good roster. It is. It's a good football team, um, and I think uh, uh, Jeff Browning's a guy that understands what his role is. And, and bottom line, it's don't screw it up. I mean, that, that's that's the thing. I think a, a quarterback in his situation, the biggest challenge for him is going to be, all right, make sure I take advantage of opportunities to present themselves, but don't put the ball in jeopardy. And there's a fine line there. There's a balancing act there. You know, you don't want to cost your team a possession. You don't want to give any extra possessions to the opponent. But it's like if you're too hesitant in that regard, now you're not uh, aggressively making plays that you feel like you can normally make. And I think that Jake Browning has a good feel for where that line is already. I I really believe that. I think he's played a lot of football, and he's played at a high level and a very successful level at a high level. I mean, he was, uh, you know, the man in high school. He still got records that that he set in the high school level, and uh, he was player of the year, uh, you know, uh, in, in high school, his junior and senior year in that state of California I mean, the guy—he was sixth in the Heisman Trophy voting as a sophomore in college. Uh, th- this guy, this guy put up ridiculous numbers. He knows how to play the game of football at the quarterback position, and. Uh, I, think, I think he's got his teammates' trust and confidence. I really do.
2: And as for Joe, we'll hear from Joe Burrow a little bit later on. We'll hear from Brian Callahan and talk more about it uh, coming up in uh, later on in this hour. But it'd be impossible not to feel for Joe Burrow for what he's already had to come through and to get into that groove coming out of the, the calf. And they win four straight, and now it's back to more rehab and
3: the, and the challenges that come with that mentally and physically. And you know what impressed me um, when it happened? And when I thought about it, and then the next day when I thought about it again, he knew. I mean, he he felt and heard the pop. He knew it was bad. He couldn't grip the football. He couldn't throw the football. So he knew. What did he do? Did he cry in his beer? Did he bow his head on the on the sideline? Did it, it was like, poor me, let's have a pity party for Joe Burrow? Hell no, just the opposite. So he showed me <laughs> the character that I know he has, and, and he showed it in spades how he handled that whole thing. I mean, his poise in that total scenario was remarkable, (laughs) remarkable. And, you know, he went in had pictures, you know, and he knew what the outcome was going to be. I'll guarantee you. He knew, I mean, he knows his body better than anybody. And the fact that he couldn't go back in that football game was killing him. But when you look in his face, it's a poker face, man. He never shows any different look, no matter what emotion he's experiencing. And, I think that's one of the big things that that, uh, makes him the player he is. He handles every single situation, whether it be adversity, whether it be success, whether it be whatever it is. Even keel, steady Eddie. And he just, his preparation is that way, his execution is that way. I mean, he is kind in that regard, big time.
2: He has, over the course of his career, made plays and lifted this team up when they needed it. Now, 50-plus guys have to rally and, and lift up Jake Browning when they need it. I, I love it with Joe Mixon, and there's a reason Joe Mixon is a captain and so respected. He uh, talked to the team and, and, and kind of rallied him. He wasn't willing to talk publicly about what he said, and we understand that. But I just like the fact that guys realize moments and step up and say, hey, we're, we're we're going to we're going to take care of this. We're going to rally
3: around this, and that's exactly the mentality you need. Yeah, I mean it's it's like we know what uh, we know what Jake Brownie can do. We know the kind of guy he is. He's been around here for three years. This offense gone has gone through some evolution process, some changes. He's been a part of that entire process. It's not like you're you're bringing in a guy off the street who has to unlearn and relearn terminology. And and go out there and 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 try to you know piece it together and figure it out. This guy has <laughs> been there from from Jump Street, so um, I think I think they're fortunate, you know, in that regard. And I and I think he is going to take this opportunity. And in, in, as a backup, it's it's a, a very very dicey uh, position to be in because you don't wish in, wish injury on a starter who's one of your best friends. And when that does happen, you know. <laughs> You feel sorry for him, but you can't wallow in it. You got to go play and now your opportunity presents itself. opportunity knocks and and honestly, he can set up his career for the next decade. I mean, Jay yep. Browning plays well in this stretch of seven football games, not just the bengals watching there's thirty one other teams that are watching and and you know he can make a huge statement and and honestly um <laughs> it can really change the arc and the pathway of his career.
2: There is a lot of outside noise, obviously, that looks at this situation and says they're done, they're, they're finished. All I know is this, there's seven weeks left in the season. Is the schedule ahead difficult? Yes. But they are a game back of the seventh playoff spot right now, and that seventh spot is... Held by the team, there the Bengals are playing at home this weekend in the Pittsburgh Steelers. There are opportunities. Is it are there potholes along the way? Absolutely. But I, I'm saying this is no
3: disrespect to a team like the Carolina Panthers at one and nine. This team's not the Carolina Panthers. Absolutely. And uh, you look at it. The remaining schedule is the toughest in the NFL. There's not one team that has a losing record on that schedule. But look at the quarterback play. Pittsburgh. Are they quarterback uh, dependent? Hell no can can uh, Jake Browning play as well as as the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Hell yes. They play him twice. Jacksonville can be great and he has he has moments of inconsistency. There's no question about it. Which one are you going to get? But if he's playing at his top at his, at his highest level, he is unbelievable. He's a specimen. Indianapolis, come on. You can compete with them at the quarterback position. Minnesota, I mean they're going through a oh man, Dobbs all oh, it can it can it can even out. Um, Kansas City, yeah, they got a pretty good player, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Cleveland, <laughs> honestly, it's not. It, it, I think Jake Browning. If I if I'm coaching or I'm a team and I'm like Jake, you know, just give us as good a quarterback play as as the opponents providing for us, and let us do the rest. Don't try to do too much. Be Jake Browning because that's good enough. The quarterbacks we're going against, you can play as well as those quarterbacks. Let us go out there and and perform at a higher level as an offensive line, as a defensive line. And we talked about it uh, last week. If you go in with a mindset, they get paid too, but if I win more of my one-on-one battles than the guy I'm going against and everybody in your group does, now all of a sudden your unit wins. And you start going unit by unit, everybody starts winning, Then all of a sudden if you you get an even-steven play at the quarterback position, you're fine. You're going to win football games. You can't put it all on Jake Browning's shoulders. Absolutely not. But, you know, if everybody does a little, nobody has to do a lot, as the old saying goes. Dave,
2: yesterday the Browns won with Dorian Thompson-Robinson. The Giants won with Tommy DeVito. Last week the Bears won with Tyson Bagent, who's won twice now. Gardner Minshew of the Colts has three wins this year. Josh Dobbs of the Vikings has won. Aiden O'Connell of the Raiders has won twice. Uh, Will Levis won a game coming off the backup role for the Titans. Uh, Zach Wilson's won three games with the Jets. There's there's a smattering and a dotting on the landscape of backup
3: quarterbacks who have won this year. It's not impossible. Well, and, and the way it is in the NFL, I think it's 44 quarterbacks who have already started games. 44. Mm. And there's, you know... Uh, over a third of the seasons left, so man, I mean that's you have you have twelve teams that have had, or I guess probably some teams have had, some teams have had as many as three quarterbacks already play this season. But I mean, forty-four quarterbacks—it's just a statement on the the insecurity of that job, <laughs> uh, how how difficult it can be to stay healthy on a week-to-week basis, and you gotta you gotta have somebody, you gotta have somebody else, and and i think the bengal's feel comfortable uh with jake brown they feel like he can play and i i really believe that he can going to baltimore in that environment and and going into the football game in that situation you you couldn't be thrown into a tougher scenario you just couldn't it's impossible and how did he do he stepped up i mean he 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 played he played solid solid football he rushed for 40 yards he threw for over 60 He had his first NFL touchdown uh, pass. I mean, um, he didn't turn the football over. Uh, All those things are very positive uh, scenarios. I guarantee you it's going to be a lot uh, easier environment for him at Paycor than it was over Baltimore, man, where the crab cakes are flying. All right, hang tight. We've only just begun. We've got
2: so much to get to tonight over the course of three hours. We'll talk with uh, coaches. We'll talk with Uh, Former Bengals as well. We're adding into the mix tonight. Very excited, all of that, to make our way through over the next three of Bengals line. We're on the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network and 700 WLW. Let's keep moving along on this Monday night. Thanks for being with us and hanging out for three hours of Bengals discussion. The show is Bengals line. We do it on the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network and 700 WLW. I'm Lance McAllister. He is Dave Lapham.
3: And Lance, it's time to make the right call. Brought to you by Blake Maislin. It's the feature presented by law offices of Blake Maislin. And I thought a brilliant call was the very first play for Jake Browning. Comes into the football game first and ten on the Bengals 25-yard line in the second quarter and uh, they go with two tight ends, load up the formation like it's going to be a big power run look, and it worked. They ran uh, like an outside zone to the right side. The entire defense and all the linebackers flowed that way, and out on a naked bootleg comes Jake Browning. Now the defensive end did a pretty good job at containing. Jake Browning, though, had plenty of time and, and, and plenty of space to throw a completion down the football field to Trenton Irwin for 12 yards. So, not only was it a great call, but I thought it sent a very positive message to the Bengals.
0: Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Haha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do.
1: In the car before my kid's PTA meeting.
0: Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: I never win and tell.
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: We're staying aggressive. The very first play that Jake Brownie's in there, we're we're moving, changing the launch point, getting them out of pocket, we're throwing the football down the football field, telling your football team and telling the Baltimore Ravens defensive football team we're not going to curl up in a ball and run the ball to death and uh, say, you know, so much for this football game. We're still coming after you. And I thought that that was a, a great move by Zach Taylor.
2: Zach uh, kicked off the week earlier today meeting with the media talking about Joe Burrow and Jake Browning and injuries in the Steelers. Here, Zach Taylor. As for Joe Burrow's surgery, do you all have a date set?
4: Not yet. Zach, is there a way, I mean, do, I know you guys are still gathering information, but say you guys were able to make make it to the postseason, would he be able to come back in the postseason? I would not think so. Are you all still in the kind of information gathering in process on that? Yes.
2: How much have you seen him here over the last
4: couple of days? Oh, Today. I mean, um, players weren't in this weekend, but today I saw him at everything we did. Are there moments of throws from routing against Baltimore that you found particularly encouraging? Well, the first one's a tough one. You know, it's a naked to your left. The throw to Trent Irwin, that was good. Um, good awareness. You know, even even the third down one to Trenton Irwin that they ended up overruling, I thought was a really good throw um, during the two-minute drive at the end of the first half. So th- those were some impressive plays that he made, some of the scrambles he made to extend some plays. So I, I was very encouraged with how he played. Obviously, the job of the quarterback is to go win the game for us, but – um, I know that everybody's got a lot of confidence in Jake and, and excited to watch him play. As he develops, you know, what has he been working on, and what could be the next step for him to make another league to play? Well, I think he's just always preparing himself. You know, the things that happen during the week, the protection meetings, all that kind of stuff. That's um, there's always more to playing quarterback than just completing the ball. And, and that's one thing I've, I've certainly had a lot of confidence in Jake, is you just watch him prepare to be the starter all week, um, the calmness, the confidence in him. Uh, again, I mentioned this earlier, just to go on the road on a Thursday night, short week, tough environment, and have the poise that he had uh, shows that, that um, you know, we can have that confidence in him because he was ready for that moment.
3: looks like uh, his arm strength, people might underrate a little bit. And then his speed, my linebacker's was a little flat in his angle. Jake ran right by him, I mean, he's a little bit faster than you might think
4: Yeah, he's got good game speed. You know, it's, I don't know what his 40 time is, but some guys just have that, that awareness and that knack for making plays out there with their legs. And You saw that from Jake a lot in the preseason. Those were really the opportunities he got. You saw it show up the other night. Um, the quarterback's job is to get the ball in the end zone and move the team, and, and I thought Jake, Jake's got that ability to do that for us. A big
5: part of it, Zach, also is commanding the offense, commanding teammates yep. when you're in the huddle, and some of the guys inside said that's what you know, has really, really impressed them in the preseason.
4: No question. You know he he's been here a long time. He he knows all the ins and outs of the quarterback as well as, as well as all the other guys we've ever had come through here. And so excited to watch him get out there and compete. What is,
5: what is the I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. Just a quick follow-up. is
6: the key to commanding an offense?
4: Well, full ownership in what you're doing. You know, first of all. So, if you're in there and guys got to feel that you don't maybe have full command over what's being asked to you, then it's hard for them to. Um, to respond maybe when you're asking some of them so what jake has got is a full command of what we want in this offense the intent of everything we're doing full command of his position and so then when he needs to talk to guys and ask for more um they they know that he's he's 100 certain of what he's doing and so guys will rally behind that and and jake certainly has those qualities go ahead Avi. Do you have one
6: sorry yeah sorry thank you uh a lot of quarterbacks
2: around here uh there's a lot of quarterbacks around there i know it's only high school but you guys ever look
4: at his numbers and what he did in high school absolutely yeah i I love looking at that kind of stuff you know and um certainly always been aware of that the the prolific high school career he had was was aware of him you know during his time at washington and um so yeah it's i mean those are things as a as a kid who grew up playing quarterback i was always uh, searching every website i could back in the late 90s early 2000s of Um, You know, all those guys that set all those records, the the Booty Brothers, the Mox, all of those Chris Leak, all those guys. You're always aware of those record-setting and guys, and and Jake is certainly in that category, having a perfect career over there in California. I know each game tells a different
1: story, and that's how you guys look at it as coaches, but did the long weekend allow you guys to maybe
3: evaluate what's been going on in terms of allowing – as many explosive plays as you have
4: in the last few games so. well it's certainly something we got to shore up and sometimes that happens with plays down the field you're in one-on-one situations um and it's it's not something that we want to have happen i think our guys um are eager to kind of hit the reset button not, not necessarily hit the reset button but get refocused here as we play pittsburgh and um it was good to have that three-day rest extra three days for guys to get healthy and respond the right way and um, I, I love the attitude that we've had from the guys in the building, the energy, and so I, I'm excited to watch this team compete this week.
5: How much of that also, Zach, is you know, we take for granted maybe that some of these young guys have gotten thrown into the, the mix like a DJ Turner, Dax Hills, Cam Taylor, Brett. They're still a relatively young secondary, and sometimes they're growing things. Still, is that part of it or no?
4: Well, I mean, it's it's on everybody at this point. You know, we're, we're over the halfway point in the season, so um, everyone's expected to be up to the standard right now. And and again, it's um, we played played some really talented quarterbacks, some guys that are playing really hot right now. you know, And, and they had some explosives, CJ Stroud and Lamar. And um, those guys will test you, but it's up to our guys to respond. And obviously, on, uh, as, a, as an entire team right now, we these last two weeks especially, we haven't played up to the standard that we've held ourselves to. And uh, so it'll be good, good to get back to that this week.
7: Speaking of those young guys back there, did we see a, a changing of the guard? Last week with Jordan and coming in and just kind of taking that job. I thought
4: he made the most of his opportunities, you know, and so we're going to continue to rely on everybody moving forward, but Jordan did a great job. Um, You saw him play a lot of the snaps in this game. That's going to continue as we go forward. Uh, So, again, it's all about grabbing the opportunity that's in front of you, and and I think Jordan's done a good job of that. He's got to continue to be consistent going forward.
2: Zach meeting earlier today with the media. Hang tight. There's more to get to. Brian Callahan, Bengals OC, joins us next on Bengals Line on the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network and 700 WLW. Let's keep it rolling on this Monday night. It's Bengals Line. We're on the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network and 700 WLW. Lance McAllister, Dave Lapham. Dave, welcome in our next guest.
3: Our next guest, Brian Callahan, offensive coordinator, Cincinnati Bengals. Big challenge, no question about it. Got to uh, work with uh, Jake Browning. I'm sure you guys have been attached to the hip. We'll, we'll talk about that. But if there's anybody that I would choose to get a guy ready for his first NFL start at the quarterback position, it would be this man right here, Brian Callahan. Thanks, Lap. Seriously, I would, no doubt.
2: He's been here for... Th- this organization for parts of three seasons. You guys like him, obviously. What do you like about him?
7: He is a really intense competitor, first and foremost. Um, he's got a lot of pride in his craft. Um, he's he's really done a nice job growing over his time here. Um, we've obviously invested time in him, um, and, I, and I think that will be rewarded. You know, that's sort of the idea. Um, you know, he was a good college football player, and he's done some really good things for us, uh, in limited action. I thought he came in the game and, and did a nice job truthfully. Um, you know, in, in tough circumstances and, and the biggest thing that I think you take away from an, a, a moment like that when you're just trying to find a traits and, you yeah. know, guys walk in the huddle and players know mm-hmm. whether or not very, very quickly, whether or not a guy's <laughs> up to the task. Yeah. And I think, the minute he walked in the huddle these the guys looked at him and were like oh yeah he's ready like there was no he there was no waiver. he was he's incredibly confident in his abilities um and i think that that goes a long way just as you walk in the huddle the first time in a game everyone's looking at you how are you going to handle it yep. and and i thought he passed that that initial test really well so um jake's really intelligent he's got a great grasp of our system um and i think that there's uh, the silver lining is you're excited for a guy like him you know, you root for him, um, and you hope that you can put him in great positions to be successful because he's, he's earned that opportunity, uh, to be the guy that's going to take over for Joe. And, um, you know, it's up to us offensively, myself included to to make sure that we put him in the spot to have success. But, um, man, just, you look at his story and, and how he's worked and grinded to get to this moment. I think, uh, you'd be hard pressed if anybody who wouldn't be rooting for him to have success. So, um, I'm I'm excited about it. I'm excited about his opportunity
3: and, and excited to um help him have some success. You you're you couldn't be more right. I mean, I I remember being in huddles where quarterback comes into the huddle and it's like, you know, hard boiled eggs eyes and apprehensive is probably being kind and yeah. we You kinda, know, as soon as you see oh, it, you we know. kinda look at each other like, Oh crap. <laughs> you know, and then and then in comes Turk Shoner, another example. Yeah. Kenny goes down, uh the year we go to the Super Bowl, Kenny goes down uh in in the early in the season and uh Turk comes in guys let's go man we're good we're gonna win this game we're like let's go you know I mean it's it's like night and day that way and you do you start you you get a feel right away for if a guy is up to the task like Paul Brown used to say son it's a little too big for you or if it's not too big for you that's you know that's what you wanted to hear from him, obviously but I mean this this guy (laughs) at every level I mean when he was a senior in high school he threw 91 touchdown passes in a season yeah. 29 in a career in high school. What the heck? And then, you know, he goes to he goes to Washington, 39 and 15 to start. He rushes for 16 touchdowns. And that's the thing that impressed me. As soon as he saw guys with their backs turned and man coverage, he's like he's running, going for 19, going for you know, I mean, he rushed for 40 yards as a lineman. I'm like, this is my guy. Yeah. Seriously, I mean, he's
7: um he's got a great feel as with the ball in his hands. He's it's um a sneaky scrambler I yeah think he's he's always had that part of his game when you go back to watch him in Washington he's you know he's made a lot of plays with his legs and that's going to be um, a critical factor in in playing quarterback in at on any team in the NFL but certainly for us that's going to be an added element you know as as we saw when Joe got healthy how much that makes a difference picking up a first down or two I was sure he picked up that fourth down in the last drive and um, that's a huge
2: part of playing NFL quarterback and he has that ability to do that Do you have – have you had or will you have conversations with him in terms of playbook-wise, what do you like, what do you not like, what are you comfortable with, what should we throw out, what do we keep?
7: Yeah, you always do that with whoever's playing that game. And, um, you know, I think that the beauty of it for us is that he does play very similar to Joe. Their style Mm -hmm. is similar, and uh, I think he's – over the years, that they've come to like a lot of the same things. Um, There is definitely uh, a little – like – you know, during the game even, you know, you, you go to him and you go, Hey, what do you like? And and sometimes guys don't like that because they feel like you're babying them or you're you know, and, and Jake's response when, you know, I think pitch was asked him a couple times, but he goes, Just call it you know. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> Just call it. I got it. Just right. call it. And right. that's what you want to hear. Um and then ov- obviously over the course of the week you tailor the likes and dislikes as you get to the game. But um, you know, Jake Jake prepares really well and he felt confident in the moment and that was you know, truthfully, a good thing to see when he goes. No, just I got it. Just call yeah, it. I'll, yeah. I'll I'll do I'll do it. I got it. Don't worry about me. Um, and and that's a that's a good thing. That's a good trait to have. So yeah, we'll tell her the game plan to his likes, and we'll have we'll find ways to to make sure he feels comfortable. But and then th- at the same time, he's gonna probably say the same thing. Like, you guys call what you think needs to work, and I'll make it work. So um, that's a good good trait to have yeah. as a quarterback.
3: So I have Zach in the post game. I said, Did you have to do any shrinkage of uh, game plan? You know, because of uh, the fact that hasn't had a whole lot of snaps. No, no. He's responsible for the entire game plan. You you know, everything was on, everything was in play. Uh, We didn't, we didn't change anything. I did think though, that it was brilliant. uh, The first snap, you guys, two tight ends, you know, play action, naked boot, get them out of pocket. They, they bite, they flow. They, although, you know, the contained guy did a decent job, made Jake made a, make a good throw. And Jake did, but I thought it was like (laughs) signal to Baltimore. We're staying aggressive, signal to Jake. We're staying aggressive, you know, execute that play. I thought it was a brilliant call. I I think that's where you have to land.
7: I mean, we we still feel really good about our football team. We have a really good team. Uh, We have good players on offense, and Jake's job is to get him the ball. And uh, I don't think you're going to – we won't shrink or shell up. I mean, we're still going to be an aggressive football team because we feel like we have the ability to be. Um, What that looks like for Jake may be a little different than what it was Mm -hmm. for Joe, but – I don't. We we're not going to take our foot off. We feel like yeah. we have a team that can compete, and um, we feel confident in Jake's ability to execute. And so we're going to let him go do that. And um, you know, I don't think you'll see us get overly conservative, or right. Uh, we're going to play football the way that that we think is the best to to win a football game, and um, and we're going to let Jake go play football the the way that we're, he that he's going to need to. And yeah, you know, we're not just going to. Uh, you know, hand the ball off 50 times and, and just punt and play defense. Like, we're still going to go attack people on offense. And, yep. Yep. Um, I think that, that that's the way you should
2: approach that. Yeah. One element uh, of this offense that really seems to be coming on, he's taking advantage of opportunities. Tanner Hudson has 18 catches on 22 targets. Seems to just keep getting better. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, Tanner, another veteran player that, that's had a
7: lot of experience but hasn't had as much opportunity, yep. and, and this is the system that probably fits his uh, pass catching ability well he's he's always shown a, a knack for getting open making plays on the ball he's sure-handed he's got he's big bodied uh, all the things that we liked about him coming out of training camp uh, mm-hmm. there's just always a trick with the roster spots at tight end when you have to factor into special teams and there's a there's the run blocking portion which he's actually done okay at too and um, you know it's just hard to get those numbers exactly right but uh, we knew we liked Tanner. We knew he had ability to help us. Uh, wasn't sure when that would come up, and um, obviously he's he's taken a huge advantage of his opportunity and and played really well for us in some passing situations and made plays on the ball. and He's uh, he's doing everything that we saw him do in training camp, which is which is good to see him translate those into the games. But I've been really pleased with what he's brought for us in that position at tight end position. Um, done a really nice job.
3: When I, when I watch him, his body language conveys two things to me savviness and confidence Mm -hmm. i mean he knows what the hell he's doing i mean he's just one of those guys that with lucky land slots
8: you can
0: get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone
3: seen the bride and groom
0: sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time (gasps) no lucky Land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: He's gonna he's gonna create a pick even if the pick wasn't supposed to be you know be created. He he just seems to have a knack for yeah I can do this I'm gonna do this too you know and then he's very very confident in his abilities. There's no question about that.
7: Yeah, and he should be because he's played he's he's played enough football in the NFL to earn some confidence. Right, I and mean, he's played. You know, he's been in a Super Bowl. He's You know, it's not like he's, right. this is his first time doing it. And um, over the years of experience, tight end is a position, I think, over time. It takes time to be um, get really comfortable doing all the things that tight ends have to do. Um, and so you see guys like him really start to grow in that fourth, fifth, sixth year where they start to really become, you know, more complete players. And I think he's done a really nice job taking all of his experiences he's had prior and then being able to help us here, which has been been a good thing for our offense.
3: So Pittsburgh's defensive football team. I mean that that is <coughs> where the rubber meets the road with the, with these guys. Don't run it. I mean they they got they got a, a tandem of running backs that they're like uh, six yards apart. I think in their 499 yards on the ground to 493, <laughs> 992 yards rushing between those two guys. So they'll they'll hammer it and uh, they'll take their opportunities when they present themselves offensively. But they are certainly far from a juggernaut offensively, but defensively. They are a snootful. Are they doing anything differently, or is it typical Mike Tomlin stuff? They uh, they don't they don't veer too far from
7: their identity. Yeah, and um, they always have a wrinkle or two because I think Terrell Austin's a really good coach. Obviously, a ton of respect for what Mike Tomlin's done over his career. Right. Um, they are synonymous with Pittsburgh. To me, has always been synonymous with defense. It's just <laughs> it's like them in Baltimore. It feels like those are they've they've had the same defense for what feels like two two decades and <laughs> yeah. they just are always good and they're always disciplined and well coached and the scheme is good and the players are even better and um, yeah we got to work it out for us I mean it's a it's as good a front as any in football I think uh, Alex Highsmith has really come on uh, as a as an edge rusher to compliment TJ um, you know the linebackers are physical uh, they got young, you know, Joey Porter Jr. is a young corner and they got the vet on the other side with Patrick Peterson and, mm-hmm. um obviously not having Minka hurts their defense some, but Minka's a fantastic player. Um yeah, they got they got people all across the, the defense and obviously the strength and the teeth of their defenses in their front seven and um their sharp teeth. <laughs>
8: <laughs>
3: they are, aren't they? <laughs> they are that.
2: You um you know Joe, you know his makeup. I'll ask you what Zach was asked on Friday. Do you have any worries about him dealing with the rehab and the injuries beating him down mentally
7: you know i I don't i just i think he's just aware of that's the that's the position he plays that's the that's part of the sport um you know i think he's you know between injuries he's started 50 some games it's not like you know i mean he's it's unfortunate um and and the rehab process mentally can be can be grueling uh this is a different style of rehab than say like an ACL sure you right. know it's yeah uh, it's still it's its own thing but it's it's a different style I mean he'll he'll be able to move and work out for the most part I think pretty quickly and then he'll progress into the throwing part whenever that uh, timeline gets gets set up but yeah I mean you always are concerned about guys that, that are constantly having to to rehab but you know Joe's just he's so laser focused and he's so good at c- compartmentalizing um, everything. And so that, those are the, you don't worry about that part. He's just, he takes it as it yeah. comes and, and he goes to rehab and he'll be ready to go when it's time to be ready to go, hopefully in the spring. So, um, you know, it is, it is what it is. And I think you, 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 you marvel at his mental toughness. Yeah. Um, and I do think he is different than a lot of guys uh, that have played the position. I think he's just, he's an exceptionally tough human being. Um, and you always in the back of your mind where it, it, there is a, a mental part that, um, can be a lot of weight. You feel the weight sure. of it all. So, um, but I don't worry about Joe in that regard. He, like I said, he's just one of the tougher guys you've, you've ever I've ever been around. So, uh, he just takes it as it comes and he moves on to the next thing. It's it's pretty remarkable.
3: I, I don't know if I do voodoo or I don't know what I do, but I'd say you know what, football gods, somehow I'm going to intervene here with you. And it, it's like there are, there are guys that in the beginning of their career they have a run where they're just going to get a bunch in. The other guys have a Long career and then a bunch of injuries at the conclusion. Everything in between. I mean, it's just you can't. Uh, you certainly can't anticipate anything in that regard. He's going through a stretch though that, oh my God, when are they going to like let the? I mean, they they've bitten in deep. When are they going to let the teeth go on that? It's unbelievable.
7: Yeah, it's one of those things you don't you don't have any control over, and you do the best you can. But, uh, you know, I think a little bit back to like how Matthew Stafford's career began. Mm, you know, yeah. he he had a couple of injuries early on, and they you know he was question is is he is he injury prone and then he's you know obviously he's one of the iron men at the position so um i think those things just happen yeah and they're just yep. there's their circumstances they're, it's just sort of the fate of whatever the the football gods decide and, and like i said they'd, it'd be nice for him to be a little more friendly to
2: us but uh, that is what it is <laughs> no doubt it just hit me i'm a little bit slow on this you shaved I did.
7: Yeah, I did. Just <laughs> any a fresh particular
2: year. reason. Yeah, it sure. comes and
7: goes. Um, <laughs> it grows back quick. Don't worry. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, fresh start, you know, fresh seven weeks there to go. You here. go. And, and kind of got a, the, the weekend was good to recharge and get a little bit of rest and, you know, wrap your mind around what the next seven weeks is going to look like. And, and hopefully we can we can make a run at the playoffs because I still think we have a really good football team and, and we're going to play some good teams still. But, um, you know, our, our expectations mm-hmm. is to go to go compete and win games. Yeah. And that's. I think that's everybody in the locker room's expectation and we're not gonna let an injury derail that those those thoughts and feelings and um and our confidence in, in a group. So everyone's gotta sort of pick up their, their slack, whatever that is for them yeah. and whatever everybody. position and, and Jake's gotta play well and put in the position to play well and, and we're gonna go out and compete and, and try to win football games. I mean you see there's backup quarterbacks all around the league winning games. So we
3: should be no different. That's the expectation. Everybody step up, do a little bit more. That's yeah. all. You know, everybody do a little bit more. Good seeing you. Appreciate your time as always. Of course. Happy to be here. When I reach puberty, I'm going to grow a beard like you
2: <laughs> Brian Callahan with us, everybody. It's Bengals line of the First Star Logistics, Bengals Radio Network, and 700 WLW. Hey, we're back on Bengals line in this Monday night. Thanks for being here with us. We're making our way through that uh, Ravens game, looking ahead to the Steelers as well. Bengals line of the First Star Logistics, Bengals Radio Network, and 700 WLW. Lance McAllister, Dave
3: Lapham. And Lance, it's time for the Kettering Health uh, feature. With the injury report brought to you, presented by Kettering Health, the official health care provider of the Cincinnati Bengals in Paycor Stadium, providing the best care for the best fans. And uh, obviously, everybody knows uh, that Joe Burrow sustained a uh, ligament tear in his wrist, and he's going to have surgery and be out for the season. Sam Hubbard was deactivated again for the football game with that ankle problem, so he's got a severe scenario going on with. Uh, I don't know, a tendon, ligament, or whatever, in that ankle, or maybe both, who knows. But uh, I think that he will be back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have a sneaky suspicion that's going to be the case. Uh, T. Higgins has got a scenario uh, with that hamstring that is significant. And, you know, y- y- you look around the league, there are guys that have been out for over a month with hamstring problems. It all depends on the location of the hamstring uh, pull and the severity. It's a, it's a two-pronged s- scenario there. Cam Taylor Britt. Quad injury, more of a quad bruise. He said, I saw him after the game. He said he'd landed on it and exacerbated the problem. It's not a quad pull. It's a a charley horse, basically, is what it boils down Mm. to. And uh, so there's some swelling, some blood in there. They have to get uh, removed. Uh, B.J. Hill hyperextended his knee during the course of the game, but he came right back in the football game. And Yossi Vash was down with a knee injury, and hopefully he's had enough time with the mini-buy and ten, ga- t- 10 days between games to be able to go against Pittsburgh. Sounds like a plan. We're heading down the stretch in our first hour of
2: Bengals line on the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network and 700 WLW. And down the stretch we go. Final segment of Hour 1. We've got three hours to unfold and unpack tonight on Bengals line on the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network and 700 WLW. Lance McAllister, Dave Lapham still ahead. We'll hear from Lou Anarumo and some special guest from the ranks of former Bengal great. All of that is ahead. Hang tight. Two more hours of Bengals line ahead on the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network at 700 WLW.
1: Touchdown,
6: Bengals!
1: This is Bengals line on the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network. Brought to you by Paycor. Paycor is proud to be the official HR software provider of the Cincinnati Bengals. Alta Fiber future-proof fiber internet designed to elevate your home business and community to a new level you're listening to the bengals radio network hey
2: we're back on bengals line hour number two about to unfold thanks for being here with us tonight bengals line of the first star logistics bengals radio network and 700 wlw lance
3: McAllister and dave lapham and lance the bengals and pay are recognizing this year's coach of the week winners at this week's game against pittsburgh so if your head coach was chosen, visit Bengals.com slash coach of the week. Dave to kick off hour number two. I'll let you do the honors. You've
2: done this once or twice, welcoming in a very special guest.
3: A very special guest. Not only a great football player, but an even greater human being. What he's doing with his foundation for people in the in the community and the in the in the region and, and it's a it's far reaching. It's it's amazing. But he was uh, MVP of the National Football League in 1981 when we went to Super Bowl 16, and uh, he played at an unbelievably high level, in, in my mind, as accurate a thrower as there ever has been in the National Football League, bar none. Number 14 in your program, number one in everybody's heart, Mr. Ken Anderson.
9: Wow, Dave, thank you. Uh, I mean, I, 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 guess, I guess all those nights of giving your back a massage before <laughs> the game right. paid off. I, I, you, right. you know, Jeez, yeah. I never expected that.
2: That's good, that's good. Uh, Kenny, take us back to uh, Thursday night when you saw Joe Wentz trying to throw in the sidelines and then hear the news on, on Friday. Uh, how, how does it hit you? What, what's going through your mind as you uh, process all this?
9: Well, just heartbroken. You, you know, I mean, once he came and you saw the shot on the sideline, you know, trying to throw a ball, he couldn't even grip it. It just dropped out of his hand. You knew something was seriously wrong because, you know, this guy is is as tough as they get, you know, and, and little things he just fights his way through. But you could tell this was something more.
3: Yeah, no question about it. So, I mean, you were in a situation where you had an injury to your right, index finger and Turk Schoener came in as a as a backup quarterback you've seen what backup quarterbacks have to do to stay ready you know in your playing career plus as a coach you've been in situations where you've had to get backup quarterbacks ready to to go play in in a football game what's the secret sauce Kay? is there any secret sauce what's the what's the what's the give us give us some scoop here
9: well, well, first of all, it wasn't my index finger. I broke my hand. It was, it was back in the base That's of right. the hand between, right. between my, my fingers and, and my wrist. That, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and had it operated on. And, uh, you know, it's supposed to be about a, a six-week deal. And if you remember, that happened in the, the last preseason game up in uh, Milwaukee playing Green Bay. Yep. And, uh, you know, we had come off, uh, you know, two years with Tiger Johnson going down to the last game of the year, whether we're in the playoffs or not. And so, you know, we had high aspirations and, uh, you know, all of a sudden if this happens and, you know, we started off 0-4 and, uh, gosh, rumors are flying that the Tigers job is on the line and and I went in uh, the week, uh, you know, before our fifth game, we're going out to San Francisco. I told the trade, I said cut the cast off, I'm playing. Yep. And, you, you know, it, it wasn't ready to and had no strength in it. So this is going to, you know, take some time for Joe, but you know, if there's any you know secrets uh, you know to it that w- what you can do. I mean, I, I think these guys they got a great great quarterback room, a very good quarterback coach, a good coordinator, uh, a head coach that's quarterback friendly. Yeah. And what you do is you tailor the game plan to his strengths. And uh, you know, I, I remember oh probably the one of the, the best things is uh, we were playing when I was with the, the Steelers, we're playing. Um, uh we're going into a, a a night game a monday night game i believe with uh with baltimore and you know a lot riding on that game and roethlisberger was out with a concussion and then charlie batch had gone in he's out with a concussion so we had a a third string rookie dennis dixon that uh we, we went in and uh you know we, we kind of feature what he did
0: and
9: And uh, had it not been for, a, you know, a fourth and 20 completion that sent the game into, into overtime, you know, we win that game. Of we got beat by a field goal in overtime. But, you know, I, I think the big thing is don't ask him to do what Joe does. Yep. You know, they're, they're they're two different guys. And, you know, and, and the nice thing about Jake is, I mean, he showed promises, you know, in, in the preseason. And, you know, he did some good things last week. So, I mean, this guy had a – an unbelievable college career and unbelievable high school career that the guy can play, Yep. you know, but just, uh, like I say, you know, I think one of the big things is talking, what's your best stuff? What do you, what do you like? You know, and here's the game plan and the things that we like in this game, you know, what are your favorites and let's kind of go with those things.
2: Yeah, can it be one thing if if you lose a stud quarterback on a bad roster, but this is losing Burrow on a still a Super Bowl caliber roster with with a running game and Joe Mixon, who they they ran well. And for those who want him to run more, maybe an opportunity to lean into the running game now.
9: Well, no question, which leads into the play action game. Um, and, you know, you, you talk about, uh, you know, the talent on, on this team offensively you know, let's design some things that get the ball in their hands. And we got to rely on these guys to step up and make plays now, you know, they're, uh, they're getting paid a lot of money, you know, to make plays as well. And uh, they've got the, the, certainly the, the, the talents to do it. Now let's try to get the ball in their hands and let them do something with it.
3: Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, the very first snap for Jake Browning uh, after Joe, you know, can't come back in the football game. He throws the touchdown pass to Mixon to give the Bengals a lead, but he can't, he can't come back the next series. And at their own 25-yard line, Zach comes out, two tight ends on the same side of the formation right next to each other, puts Browning under center. And now Baltimore saying, here comes the run. Uh, play action fake. You know, they run the, the, the outside zone to the right, naked bootleg to the left. He throws the ball 12 yards down the field to Trenton Irwin, and it's like, great call. great. You know, you're thinking, yep. man, go under center with multiple tight ends. They're going to run it. And now it's like, hey, Baltimore, no, no, no. We're not folding our tent. We're staying aggressive. And it's a message to Jake. Jake, we believe in you. We're staying. We're going to throw the football. We're going to. Mm-hmm. We're going to let you do your thing. I mean, I think all that's uh, all that's real positive too. And and the, I agree with you, Kay. I mean, the, the players trust and believe in Jake Browning. He's been around for three years. You know. Oh it, yeah. It, it's one of those things where they know all about this guy.
9: Well, you know, No, they know him they watch him practice. They watch what he does on the scout team. They watch how uh, he prepares for a game, how he's ready to go in, Uh, you know, his input with, with Joe on the sideline. So, yeah, I don't think there's anybody in the team that, that doubts that he can come in and do it. Now, you know, that being said, everybody's got to pick their game up just a notch. You know, we need just that, that half more second from the offensive line, you know, to get the ball off. Uh, We need, you know, just that, a little bit more in the running game so we can, you know, we can lean on that a a little bit more heavily, you know? So like I say, this, and and then now the defense, I mean, we can't be gashed, you know, by certain plays either now, you know, when we got to, we got to step it up. Let's get back, you know, where we're holding the team, you know, to a, to a touchdown or something like that to give us a chance to win the game.
2: Bengals Steelers now and how I view that rivalry has forever changed since you told the story many, uh, many years ago of, Bengals, Steelers, you, the shower, and beers. Could you relate the story of having beers in the shower with Steelers?
9: Well, it was, uh, if you remember, it was 1979, and Dave, I think you'll agree with me, that was the worst Bengals team I was ever on.
8: Oh, God. It was uh, we, we were
9: not very good. And, no. and uh, the Steelers came into Cincinnati 7-0, and and we were 0-7. And I think we beat them 34-10. to They didn't cross midfield until uh, the fourth quarter. Chuck Knoll told him after the game, if I didn't know you guys better, I thought you threw the game. (laughs) Well, we're we're in in Pittsburgh uh, later on in the season, and we're getting thumped pretty good. And it's in the fourth quarter, and and Joe Green sacks me again. It wasn't Lapham's guy. You Uh, you know, it was somebody else. But he's laying on top of me, and he says, Kenny, why don't you come into the locker room for a beer after the game? (laughs) And at the old Three Rivers Stadium at that time, the lockers were right next to each other. And and so I showered quickly, grabbed my bag. I walk in the locker room, and the first guy you see was Bradshaw doing his media interviews. And he he stopped the interviews and took me to the back of the locker room, and they turned off their sauna. I had a garbage can full of beer in it. And uh, he clears off a couple of seats for me, him and me, in the front row Kenny's with me. And uh, we have two or three beers, and I'm feeling better about life until I go out to catch the buses to go to the airport, and they've left. And... uh, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to explain that I got fined and had to buy a Pittsburgh to Cincinnati cause I'm in the Steelers locker room drinking <laughs> beer. And so I'm, I'm, I'm running around looking for a cab to go to the airport. And then there goes the Tom Gray and the equipment truck. And I, I flag it down and I ride out there and the airport, and for some reason our, our planes, uh, you know, late getting in and, we pulled up to the gate, the plane's going to come, and the guy lets me in the side door, and the whole team's standing there. First, I'm a little bit upset. The starting quarterback's not there, and they, they don't know, and then I started thinking, maybe they know, and they just don't care.
8: Oh,
9: man. But, you know, but job. I think, Dave, I think you'll kind of back me up on this. It was, as you know, when, when we played back in that era, you know, you know the students were, you know, a, a dynasty, but we yep. played them as well as, as anybody. Our, our record you know, during that period of time was by far the best in the league against them. Yep. But, you know, it was, although it was a heated rivalry rivalry on the field, I think it was one of respect. And, you know, and I think as it developed over the years and, you know, comes to the, you know, the, the hit we get on Carson Palmer, I, I think it, it, it got to be one of not respect, mm-hmm. and uh, yep. you know, and, and like I say, I, we always look forward to playing. You know, what was the old saying? of Bring an extra chi, uh, chin strap. You're going to need two of them. Your lunchbox. We're going to be here for a while.
3: That's right. Uh,
9: it's still that. It's still that way. But I think you know, we respected them, and I think obviously they respected us as well.
3: Yeah, they, I mean, it is. It was a uh, double chin strap, big boy pads. Get ready. It's going to be physical. There's no question. You you have a unique uh, perspective because you coached on that staff with the Pittsburgh. Steelers, and um, does Pittsburgh, was there, how, do, how does Pittsburgh look at Cincinnati? I mean, like you said, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh was the dynasty. Pittsburgh was like, man, if we could beat the Pittsburgh Steelers and let's go, and, let's, and we would, like you said, we split with them, it seemed like every year, would right. when at least one of them. What, what, is, what is Pittsburgh's feeling towards Cincinnati that you, you, you recall?
9: Well, knowing it was always going to be a tough game. You know, but but at that point when I was up there with the you know, the Bengals had kind of were were going through their their tough times.
8: Yeah, you know. Right.
9: And so the the, the team that uh, that the Steelers had to beat if they wanted to win the division or the playoff was Baltimore. Right. Right. So that was that was kind of the the, the big one coming up. Although, you know, it's like this. I mean, I think to every team in the, the AFC North, you know what it's going to be like going in. You can't overlook anybody because you know funny things happen
8: in these games yep
2: and they're always physical i've got one more for you only because it was sparked by the fact you were grabbing a cup of coffee before uh, talking with us do you remember you once did a commercial for the national coffee association and you were watching film and drawing up plays on a on a yellow notepad do you remember that commercial
9: yes i do picks you a coffee picks you up while it calms you down
8: that's right there you go (laughs) there you go Uh, 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 uh,
9: and the other thing that I remember about that was, you know, we had a schedule we were going to do with, and they they wanted you know some players you know in uniform in the background. What you, they had to be real players, and and so you know all of a sudden it's getting close to training camp, and they they said hey, can you do this? You know, and I said, I, I, you know, not I got to speak tonight. So they sent a private plane for us. Uh, we, we fly up, and, and then that night the, the the company that we took us out to, on the town a little bit, and. The next, uh, the next day we're, we're getting, you know, ready to go, uh, to, to shoot the commercial and, and there's no answer in Turk Shonitz's room. <laughs> yeah, right. And, uh, so, uh, you know, but he, he was, was in there. He was out a little later than the rest of us, but so we finally got him going there. And then the, the thing is, I, I remember, you know, so I'm going in and, and it's, it's there and, uh, you know, I, I'm getting my the, the makeup done, and, and uh, they said, "Hey, you want a coke? Some, want some coke?" I said, "No, how about a cup of coffee, though?" I mean, that's not the coke they were talking about.
8: <laughs> and, and then,
9: so I said, "Well, no, 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 thank you." And, and then uh, we're on the lunch break. I said, "Hey, can I get a beer?" And they said, "No, I'm sorry. There's no alcohol. It's a union set." I said, "Wait a second. I can get Coke in the morning, but I can't get a beer for lunch." So that,
2: that's that's my story about the commercial. Beautiful, beautiful. Hey, before we uh, let you run, we we know uh, how much uh, time and effort you put into your foundation. Give us a, an update on how the foundation's going and what's uh, what's up.
9: Well, no, it, it, it's going really well. Uh, we we continue, you know, to, to work hard. We're serving a lot of adults with uh, with disabilities and. You know, I, I think uh, right now, uh, you know, next Tuesday is Giving Tuesday, and I hope people will, will think about giving to the Ken Anderson Alliance. And if would make it real easy on you, just go to KenAndersonAlliance.org, and there's a donate button right there. But, you know, we can use every dollar we get.
3: You do an unbelievable job, sir. No question about it. Ken Anderson always impacting others in a positive way. The man, the legend.
2: Always good catching up. Appreciate your time. Well, thank you, guys, and uh, let's not make it so long. The next time, you demand. The there you go. He is it. Uh, Bengals legend I- Kenny Anderson. Take a time out. We'll continue. It's Bengals line. We're on the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network and seven hundred WLW. Let's keep moving right along on this Monday night of Bengals line on the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network and
3: seven hundred WLW. Lance McAllister, Dave Lapham. Lance, shop the Bengals Pro Shop. Find the best selection of Bengals merchandise anywhere. Visit the Pro Shop seven days a week located on the north side of Paycor stadium or shop online at bengals.com
2: dave let's continue on and, and kind of follow up what uh, we were talking about with kenny great to catch up with uh, kenny in the last segment about setting up jake brown for success and certainly joe mixon carried 16 times on thursday night average 4.3 a, a carry long of 14 and and for those who want the bengals to lean more into the running game this would seem like a good opportunity to lean into it and help out
3: jake absolutely you know and, and i think uh I think you're going to see um, teams not necessarily load the box up, but they're going to make sure, okay, can we handle stopping the run? We don't want to put any extra bodies in the box. We don't want to make life easier for the quarterback that hasn't had that many uh, reps. So we're going to try to stop the run uh, just by having six men in the box. Now do you have to drop a seventh in there? That would be great. That would make life so much easier for Jake Browning. Uh, Even if they don't drop the seventh, the fact that you're – you can run the football on third and four, third and three, You know th- those kind of down and distances. And the biggest thing is be productive on first and second down. Stay out of third down. Don't put uh, your offense and your quarterback in third and long situations where you're going to see exotic pressure packages and uh, disguising coverages and everything that goes along with it. If you can get a running game going and then have them under center, I thought it was a brilliant move for Zach to put Jake Browning under center. The very first snap he came from the sideline, it's like, okay, and two tight ends out there, and we're going to maul you. And they run a little naked bootleg off of that. I think that uh, Jake Browning moves well. I would change the launch point. I would do everything I possibly could to uh, make life easier for Jake Browning. Uh, you don't have to melt down your offense, though. I mean, he understands every nuance of it because he's been here for three years when they have, uh, when it has evolved in that period. And we've
2: got about a minute left in the segment, but let's. there are a lot worse situations for a backup quarterback to step into than one that has uh, – t- jamar chase tyler boyd and maybe t higgins back this week he's got weapons certainly
3: no question tanner hudson has become a yep. weapon as a receiving uh tight end as well and you know throwing to joe out of the backfield another i mean this this offense uh has has plenty i mean there's there's plenty of options available to, to to jake browning and and he's more than capable of uh of making plays and and the thing we've talked about third down in red zone a lot of times the big plays on third down and red zone are creations and extensions. He has shown the mobility and capability to do that as well.
2: Still ahead, how about Anthony Munoz? The Hall of Famer will join us as we continue with Bengals line on the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network and 700 WLW.
0: 18
2: plus. We continue on with Bengals Line on this Monday night. We're on the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network in 700 WLW. I'm Lance McAllister. alongside is Dave Lapham.
3: Yes, sir Lance and on Tuesdays and Wednesdays throughout the season save 5 bucks off Mike's Car Wash top two washes. For all washes sold on Wednesday, Mike's donates $1 to the Anthony Muñoz Foundation, legendary foundation by from a legendary player. So far this season there's been 31,000 hundred and seventy six dollars donated mike's is open 7 a.m to 9 p.m daily and anthony that's just an unbelievable thing with the relationship you have with mike's car wash and what you do with your foundation and the kids you help educate it's incredible
6: i tell you what lap eight hey, lap good being with you guys but uh you know with the foundation this is our 22nd year and we have some amazing partners and uh, mike's car wash the last several years uh uh, as you mentioned, you know, the ads, uh, you go in there and you get an ultimate wash and they donate a buck, a dollar. And uh, I tell you, we've been able to impact a lot of kids through, you know, our straight A luncheon, young men and women that get scholarships to sure. our football academy, just two of our eight programs. But, you know, we can't do what we do without great partners like Mike's Car Wash. And we're very thankful. And it's, it's fun for us because, you know, they send us a kind of a weekly email to show us how that money continues to grow. So Every week, uh, you know, we're thankful that that number continues to grow. And uh, so by the end of the season, you know, we get a chance to, to get a check from Mike's Car Wash and continue to impact
3: youth in this great community. That's awesome.
2: Anthony, let's start with the uh, the tough news and, and get it out of the way. Just your reaction to uh, the, the unfortunate news with Joe Burrow and uh, and the, the hand, the wrist.
6: Oh, my goodness. You know, there's one thing that I hate about sports, and that's injuries. And, uh, you know, I think we've all been through it, and you hate to see it. Uh you hate to you know especially the team you root for and you see the the key guy in Joe Burrow going down with an injury. I mean that just uh it breaks my heart. I mean, you know, the guy, you know, every year seems to be one thing or another and uh, you know, he finally got it rolling. He was it appeared he was, you know, pretty healthy from that cap and then to have something like this take him down, uh just really, really hate to hate to see it for him, hate to see it for the team and really hate to see it for this city because uh you know, he, he means so much, uh, not only to the team, but to the city.
3: Absolutely. And uh, with you hate to have a guy injured, but with that, Jake Browning now gets an opportunity. And it's so weird for backups because they're best friends. You know, usually that quarterback room is very, very close and very, very tight. And now uh, Jake Browning and Joe Burrow are fast friends now. And Jake Browning, the last thing he wanted to see was his friend get injured. But then the other side of it is now, you know, hey, an opportunity is there for you and you gotta compartmentalize badly for Joe, but you gotta try to muster everything you can and um if, if you play well, who knows? You know, you could set yourself up for the next decade as a quarterback in the national football league. And I think Jake Browning, uh I think the guy can play, Anth. What do you think?
6: I agree with the lap and, and I really appreciate the point you made prior to that. You know, it's such a competitive uh, you know, Phil. There, you know, you're in the same room, your same position. I mean, you want to be on a, a squad to start and play. And you know, when you're the backup, you know, you you want that, but you don't want it to happen the way it's happened with an injury. But, right. You know, now it, it, it is an opportunity. I'm sure Joe's right there rooting him on because he can't play, and that's usually what happens. Yep. You know, a starter starter gets hurt, and you know, you're there rooting for the guy because it's your team. You want to win, uh, and that's the great thing about it. You have a young guy that gets an opportunity. You know, one of the best quarterbacks in the league is sitting there rooting for him, but it is a great opportunity for him. And I think he can play, you know, I've watched him. We, you know, we've watched him in the preseason. Yeah. Uh, I think he's very talented. Uh, So, yeah. So right now it's a chance for him to to say, this is the reason why I'm on this football team. You know, I'm the second string guy and and now it's my time to start and to run this offense and take this offense and, and take this team to victory. So, uh, it is a great opportunity for a young man, uh, Jake, and uh, you know we'll be rooting for him and see if he can get uh You know he's got a lot of weapons on that offense and see if he can uh, get the ball to him uh, by throwing and handing off and see if we can uh, get a big win against Pittsburgh this coming week.
2: Anthony, let's uh, take it up front to the O line. What uh, what has caught your eye about this offensive line this year?
6: Well, you know it's it's one of those things where you know we I keep looking at the transition from you know. Uh, Jonah over the right side, Uh, of course, the thing that I've enjoyed watching is anytime you get a, 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 not only a lineman, but a player that comes from a school like North Dakota state and and the guy continues to improve. And, uh, you know, I haven't been able to watch him closely, but I I believe he's doing pretty well uh, in uh, Cordell Volson. Uh, And those are the type of stories that I love. So I love the guy that he stepped in there. He's playing against, uh, you know, a guy they picked up for a lot of money in Orlando. And uh, but you know that's kind of what I've been watching is to see that young man's progression, and, and I've been impressed with that. And maybe Lap can give me a little more insight. If you watch him a lot closer, but uh, you know that's that's the thing. And uh, you know hopefully they can continue to to play well. And and I know when I was playing, and and we'd lose, maybe Boomer or Kenny wouldn't start. You have the backup. We knew we had to kind of tighten things up a little more because you know they're not in there all the time or as much as the starter so it's up that offensive line to really pull together even tighter but uh yeah we'll see what happens and uh, hopefully you know the running game can pick up and uh take a little of the the pressure off Jake uh, by having to throw the ball all the time.
3: Yeah, I th- I think uh number 1 and and you understand this as well or better than anybody cuz what a team leader you were but to have uh somebody that uh the players the offensive line other other players on the offensive football team respect you know and want to play with and want to play for i mean jake has that you know i mean they they really they they respect them they trust them they believe in them and that that's the that's the first thing is you know and 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 he came into that huddle like you know let's get after this and and that's what you want to right. see like like Turk Short came in okay guys let's go win this football game you know it's like you know okay let's go Turk let's go get it you know and and uh, and that's kind of how Jake approached the thing and and I thought the Bengals stayed pretty aggressive and let him throw yeah. the football and and, and, and when he caught guys in man coverage with their backs turned, he ran the ball, you know, on him for like 40 yards in that game. I, I think the guy can play. I think it's going to be very interesting. Like you said, you know, if everybody else does a little bit more so nobody has to do a lot, you know, protect for a half a second more, whatever the case may be, run a crisper route, whatever whatever it takes to make life easier for Jake Browning. That's the big key. Yeah, it,
6: Dave, man, you got another great point. So much of it comes down to the mental the emotional I mean you're not on a roster because you can't you don't have the physical tool so Jake right. is there right but when, there's a difference between a quarterback stepping in the huddle and having that day let's go rather than have, you know looking like a deer in a headlock yep. and thinking oh goodness are things going to work out you know and you mentioned Turk I mean we had a guy that you know I played with for nine years and the first time he stepped in the huddle As a rookie, I was like, oh, this guy's got it. And that was Boomer. I mean, Boomer said, this is my offense. I'm the man. And right away, we said, this guy is the man. And Mm -hmm. we are right there with him. So that's such a big part of how the quarterback comes in. And and like you said, it appears that Jake has that man. And that is half the battle coming in there and getting that respect. And the guy said, okay, we don't have uh, Joe in here, but we got Jake. Let's go.
8: Yep, yep.
2: Anthony, it's uh, Steelers week. What, what did those two words mean when you played, Steelers week?
6: That's all we had to say. And Lap knows that Wednesday morning. That's right. First day back, installing the game plan, that was the only thing that had to be said was Steelers week. Steelers week. And, you know, you didn't – at least I know I didn't need a 15, 20-minute motivational talk. <laughs> it was those two words and because we knew we <laughs> – Sunday, we were going to be looking at some gold and black, and that's all it took. Uh, you know, my laugh you know, the was there in the 70s when they were, you know, big time. My rookie year was the year after they beat the Rams for their fourth Super Bowl. So, and they still had everybody on that defensive line, Dwight White, Elsie, Joe Green, Ham, Lambert, Blunt, Shell. So, uh, when you know, my first game, when they said Steeler Week, it was like, that's all you have to say to me, because I know <laughs> I've got to strap it up extra
3: tight. I'm telling you, man, the steel curtain, you know, uh, there's a, this, <laughs> the steel curtain defense. It's like two chin straps and the big boy pads. Let's go. <laughs> here we go. Like,
6: hey, laugh, hey, hey, um, how about when uh, the first trip we were taking to Pittsburgh with Forrest Greg? he said, now, for all of you that are scared, yeah. you stay here. We want to take the guys that want to go to if you're scared, you stay in, in I'm like, that is great. That's all. I mean, steal a week and say, let's go. You yep. can't be. Hey, hey Lance, I got to share this story. Yep. We would walk out on the field, and I had my guard number 62 next to me, which I felt pretty comfortable. And Lap would look over to those Steelers linemen with their real short sleeve and go, man, look at those guns on those guys. And i look at Lap. I'd go, Lap, have you looked in the mirror lately? <laughs> yeah, man, right. you got, you got guns, man. You got some big old cannons. Yeah, <laughs> uh, what you weigh, about 265, 270 maybe?
3: Yeah, low, low <laughs> 270 is like 272, something like that, yeah.
6: And Lance, I tell you, he had them loaded, ready to go. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I'll tell you. That was, that's funny. That's funny. But, yeah, they, I'll tell you, the, those uh, Forest. yeah. Remember, I remember he used the first time i ever heard the term squeamish if you guys are scared if you i don't want anybody that's squeamish getting on this bus if you're scared of the pittsburgh steelers uh, squeamish i'm like that's a great word man squeamish classic Classic.
6: (laughs) oh Oh, that was great those are some great battles man i i tell you what you know you talk you think about that those steeler battles we had and what's going on now and I mean, to go there our second year in 81 and clinch the AFC back in those days, the AFC Central and Three River Stadium against those yep, guys, yep. And that was huge. That was huge. So uh, It was. It was Steeler Week. That's all you got to say.
3: Big time. You demand Anthony Munoz. Anthony, to
2: uh, <laughs> wrap it up one more time, tell uh, tell everybody who wants more information how they can get it about the foundation if they want to get involved, help out, or just uh, learn more about
6: it. Right, great. We got MunozFoundation.org. You can get on there. You can see all the programs we run. You can see how you can help financially, volunteering. Uh, and this next week, December 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, we got about 150 young men we're taking up to Camp Chautauqua for our overnight camp. And uh, we'll be we'll be there for three days, and we'll be teaching them a little football, but we'll go on through character, team building. And that's just one of the programs we run. But, uh, yeah, MunozFoundation.org. Uh, you can check it out and see what we do. It's our 22nd year. And, you know, LAPA – Lap is not only the official voice of the Bengals on radio, but he is uh, one of the official voices for our, our banquet in June for uh, years and years. So uh, the big guy, he helps us out any way he can, and we appreciate that.
3: You're the best, Anthony. Appreciate your time. I know you're busy. To carve some for us means a lot. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks, Uh-oh. Anthony.
6: Anytime, anytime. You guys have a great one. All right. Thanks, you as guys. well.
2: Anthony Munoz hanging out with us tonight on Bengals line on the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network and 700 WLW. Hey, we're back on Bengals line on this Monday night on the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network and 700 WLW. Lance McAllister hanging out with Dave
3: Lapham. And Ohio Cat is proud to support the Cincinnati Bengals. As Ohio's premier construction equipment provider, we know what it takes to be a first-place team. Regardless of your need, whether it's sales, service, or equipment rental, you can count on Ohio Cat to be a trusted teammate. To see how we can help your company win, be sure to visit www.ohiocat.com. Hooday, go Bengals. Dave,
2: we talked, uh, and how great was it, to catch up with Anthony Munoz, Is always talking offense. Let's uh, flip the script for a segment and talk a little bit about the defense and potentially the return of of Sam Hubbard, hopefully, and, man, his absence. I I think anybody who doubted his impact has seen it play out over the last couple of weeks, and I I think if there was – one guy you'd want for Baltimore based on just his athleticism, his versatility, his football IQ, it would be Sam Hubbard. And to not have him there, it, I, I think it, again, in, in big, bold lights flashed how much it hurt him.
3: It was a big tool, not in Lou Anarumo's toolbox because, you know, Sam was a safety in high school initially, beefed up, stronger, moved the linebacker, beefed up, stronger yet, interior, or go to the defensive line up front in the in the front seven. So. Sam Hubbard is very athletic. Uh, he understands all kinds of leverage from a coverage standpoint. He understands combinations. He understands concepts. So he's extremely valuable. He was a spy. He's been a, a very uh, capable spy uh, for Lamar Jackson. He can play the run off the edge. He can rush off the edge. He can do any. He can line up at linebacker and drop. He can do anything for you. Uh, and I honestly do believe Lou Anaruma has said it on, on more than one yep. occasion. He's the best run defender that they have. I mean, he's uh, from the edge standpoint. He is the best run game uh, defender. So to have him back for Pittsburgh, who's trying to pound the rock, and that's, that's there's no doubt about that. Harris has 499 yards. Warren has 493, and they've combined for 208 carries. I mean, that's they're going to try to attack the Cincinnati Bengals on the ground, and having Sam Hubbard back to uh, help alleviate that issue is going to be a big, Big deal, and the the explosive
2: plays have just been so pronounced, and 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 that wasn't happening early in the
3: season, and just the the, the chunk right now is just a dagger to, into this defense. Yeah, and they're, they're going to have to start playing better top down defense, uh, top down coverage. There's no no doubt about that. And these over routes that have mm. continually hurt, uh, they're going to have to uh, figure out what the secret sauce is to stop those bad boys. Because uh, as we know, the NFL is a copycat league. And once Houston had uh, success with it, Baltimore said, we're going to do it too. So don't be surprised. to see overroutes uh, as, as part of the Pittsburgh Steelers game plan until the Bengals stop it. Um, and that's going to be an issue on a, on a weekly basis. And the big thing is in this football game is Pittsburgh's number one in the NFL in turnover ratio, plus 11. The Bengals are tied for second at plus 10. Uh, Steelers have 19 takeaways, tied for second most in the NFL. The Bengals have 18. Tied for six, that's how many people have 18 uh, or n- uh, 19 t- takeaways. So in 18 takeaways, there's a- quite a few people in that department. But taking that football away like that and not, uh, not giving it away, I mean, they're, they're, they, both of them only have eight giveaways tied for fewest in the NFL. It is going to be one of those games. It's going to be based on possessions. You want as many as you can get. You don't want to give any away. <laughs> And that's what's going to be the yin and yang of this football game. Lou
2: Anaromo is going to join us later on in the third hour and I'll ask him about it, but we, we watch Logan Wilson. We know Logan Wilson. we like Logan Wilson. I I think the narrative created by whomever that people are running with uh, of what Logan Wilson was supposed to have done. That was cheap.
3: I I just, I I don't get it. I I think it's
2: unfair. It's missing the mark on the guy.
3: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) he's trying to get people on the ground and, and whatever it takes to do that. And, and, uh, do you see any yellow flags? No. Did he do anything illegal? No. So, you know, people are people are running with something that uh, – and, and the, the drop is going to be explored. It's, it's, it's explored every year. I mean, if if there's certain things that are outlawed, okay, sure. that's fine. That's a, There's a rule now, and I'm going to live by that rule. But uh, as of today, Logan Wilson did nothing wrong in the way he approached taking people to the ground. We are heading
2: down the stretch in our second of three hours. There is so much more to get to, and we uh, continue on after this. It's Bengals line on the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network and 700 WLW. All right, back on Bengals line on this Monday night. We are flying down the stretch. Final segment of our second hour, a third hour to include, get ready for this, Lou Anarumo leading off in the uh, 8 o'clock hour, followed by a little bit uh, from Joe Burrow and uh, his news conference. A little bit, uh, ooh, from uh, Lewis Breeden is going to check in. The former Bengal will touch on the Steelers in the playoff picture. That is all ahead in a jam-packed third hour. Hang with us. It's Bengals line on the First Star Logistics, Bengals Radio Network, and 700 WLW.
6: Touchdown, Bengals!
1: This is Bengals Live on the First Star Logistics, Bengals Radio Network. Brought to you by Paycor. TACOR is proud to be the official HR software provider of the Cincinnati Bengals. Alta Fiber, future-proof fiber internet designed to elevate your home, business, and community to a new level. You're listening to the Bengals Radio Network. Let's keep it moving. We're back on Bengals line on this Monday night
2: on the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network and 700 WLW. Lance McAllister, Dave Lapham.
3: And Lance Fifth Third, your hometown bank is proud to partner with the Cincinnati Bengals, your hometown team. Visit five three dot com slash Bengals for more on Bengals banking. Dave, welcome in our next special guest to begin this hour. I think this uh, this gentleman has as brilliant a defensive mind as there is in the game of football. Period. And we're uh, very pleased to have him here in Cincinnati. And we're more than that pleased. Uh, we're more pleased than that to have him on our show. None other than Lou Enarumo.
5: Thanks guys, thanks for having me.
3: Where um where is your what what
2: are your talking points this week to your team to get them back to where they were at the level they were playing?
5: Yeah, I just think it's um, you know, reset your mind. Um, you know, I think uh get get to a position where, you know, the guys are playing at a high level again. Uh I think there was moments of that the other night, you know, four minutes left in the half it's we're winning 10-7 and yep. you know they got 30 yards rushing at the half and you know you kind of getting them to play a little bit left-handed and then uh you know we tip a pass and they catch it in full stride and then we <laughs> get the the couple PIs and, and half went into halftime totally different than than uh we should have so uh but
3: it is what it is as football and we have to respond and we will this weekend. Yeah, my uh, my take on on the uh, the PIs. I mean I was PO'd with the PIs as I'm sure you were and a lot of other people. I mean, it it's like all right. The Bengals number one in the NFL in penalties and penalty yards. You call nine penalties against the Bengals, nine against the Baltimore Ravens. 18 penalties for over 180 yards. 10 yards per penalty assessed. That's crap. You know, it's a nationally televised game. People want to see the guys play, the guys make plays to decide the football. Game. They don't want to see the striped jerseys throwing yellow flags. I mean, if I'm in the league, they got to figure out a way. <laughs> They've got to figure out a way somehow to, to, to communicate with them when they do, okay, let's replay this. Bring them on the side and say, hey, keep your flag in your pocket for God's sake, will you? I mean, Seriously.
5: Yeah, I I'll, I'll, you I, should ask him to him put know. money on the table to cover potential fines. <laughs> yeah, no, that, I'm not going to touch
3: that one. <laughs> oh man, I mean that, that was so fr- it had to be brutally frustrating for coaches and players because it was frustrating uh to watch and call,
5: that's for sure. Yeah, we we just have to play better and and uh you know, uh, that's obvious, so we will.
2: Yes. Jordan Battle had uh, tied for a game high 11 tackles. Did the tape back
5: up what uh what what you were thinking in terms of his performance? Yeah, he he Did some good things. Certainly, let's start with tackling, getting off blocks and making tackles so uh, we can build from there.
3: So here come uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, they're known for their defensive football team, but they're also known for their running game. You know, and they have a couple of running backs that are literally six yards apart. I mean, splitting times, almost identical carries, identical yards, maybe similar running styles. I mean, uh, when when you're going against a duo like that in the running game, What are the big things to talk about?
5: Well, it starts up front. They're doing a good job, you know, getting, you know, moving people uh, and creating some seams for these guys. So, uh, and they both run really hard. Uh, Warren, as you saw, had the big, big 74-yard run, I think, yesterday. And, you know, Najee does a good job, uh, you know, creating holes maybe when there's not. So, they've got two very capable running backs, and they do a good job with it, and they feature them, and you can see why.
2: I offer this not as an excuse, but the reality of the situation. You've got two guys in the back end, rookies in Turner and Battle, who played 115 snaps Monday night. Rookies can be very volatile, up and down, unpredictable. How how challenging is that?
5: Um, you know, it's just a part of it. You know, at this point, you know, George, uh, DJ's played a lot, so we'd like to think he's beyond that. But, again, it's season and there's things that show up. He did a good job, uh, you know, did not have a good snap against um, – the one snap against Flowers, uh, on the long play, but um, you know he. Can't, the good news about DJ is he battles right back, and uh, you know he doesn't let that stuff uh, you know get him you know upstairs mentally challenged because that can that can be a situation where if you're playing corner and you're not you know you're losing confidence that's not a good thing and that's not DJ he he's always uh, always on it so he knows what he did wrong and just got to fix it.
3: You go from a, a quarterback that's an MVP candidate, Lamar Jackson, um, that is capable of doing just about anything, and and I'm not saying Pickett isn't an NFL quarterback, I mean, not a good quarterback. He's an NFL starting quarterback. The guy can play the quarterback position, but doesn't pose maybe as many threats as, as Lamar Jackson uh, may pose. How different is that from a preparation standpoint?
5: Yeah, I, it's just hard to compare Lamar to anybody. You yeah, know, he's he's uh, right. He's him, and he does a great job with it. With uh, as we know, the run game part of it and uh, throwing the ball. So, but uh, as you mentioned, you know Pickett is uh, he knows where he wants to go with the ball. You can see his um, you know his growth since last year. Um, you know, so you know we can certainly be aware of the weapons they have on the outside the weapons he can go to on the outside uh he can get hot and uh you know move the ball around some they do a great job in the screen game and every as you mentioned everything builds off of their power run game and so we got to stop that first and and then go on from there
3: and he uh he he doesn't hesitate to u- hesitate to use Warren Warren's a second leading receiver 34 yes. I mean is that mostly screen game, Coach? Is it checkdowns, a combination?
5: It is a combination of both, yeah. He gets out there on third down because he does a great warrant, that is, in terms of protection and things like that. He does a hell of a job. And, oh, by the way, as you mentioned, he's a really good screen runner.
2: You uh, you know Logan Wilson, the player. You know Logan Wilson, the person. What would you say to the people taking
5: shots at him? Yeah, I don't understand it. Uh, you know, I don't understand it at all. So, you know, Zach made comments the other day about it, so I'll leave it alone. But uh, Logan is as fine of a – Uh, man as he is a football player uh, there's nothing dirty about him and everything he did the other night was just in the spirit of the game and uh, trying to tackle somebody.
3: And that guy played his tail off too. I mean uh, I I saw him uh, the buses when we pulled into the stadium in the wee hours and he was uh, you know, obviously still frustrated about the game and everything and I said hey, 55 I just want to say man, you know as an observer you played your tail off and he kind of like you no, know, shrugged it off. I said, "Seriously, you played your tail off, man." And I mean, he was he was definitely impacted. You know, I mean, that, that game was tough on everybody. No
5: question. Well, that's the kind of guy he is. You know, he doesn't want to. Uh, certainly, he's not out there trying to hurt anybody. Right. And, and uh he sprinted almost fifty something yards down the field to tackle Odell on that one. Right. And it's a hard tackle on a on a receiver from a linebacker fifty yards momentum down the field. So uh, again, there's no malicious intent in his game at all. Uh, he's trying to play fair,
3: and uh, but it's football. So, and I, and I don't want to dwell on this, but it's just people that want to make these rule changes, it, it's hard enough to play defense anyway. If if they're going to change the way that you're you're allowed to tackle people and, and, and go into a thorough examination of is this good, is this not. How, how can you play football anymore that way? That's crazy.
5: I don't know. It's something that will be discussed, I'm sure, because it came up last year in the com- competition meeting. So we'll just, you know, whatever the – rules are passed down, then we'll, we'll enforce them.
2: There is a, it'd be one thing if there hadn't been a a frame of reference to point to with this defense, but there was a three-game stretch, Seattle, San Francisco, Buffalo, you give up, what, 13, 17, 18 to kind of point
5: to, to say, this is who we can be, this is what we can do. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think, uh, and that's, the guys that have been here know what we're capable of, we just have to get back to it.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
5: Solid defense and um, starts in the run game and build from there. A
3: short week, a couple of physical football games. I mean, Houston was physical. There's no doubt. Baltimore, we know. You know, you go to Baltimore, it's physical. There's no, no question about it. Um, everybody, of course, uh, and, and rightfully so talking about the injury to Joe Burrow which is unfortunate and cost him the rest of the season how do how have you come out of it do you do you feel like you guys are going to be uh pretty good here come
5: yeah i think so we'll see the guys uh here today but i i, I feel good about where where we were coming out of the game so we'll good,
2: see good appreciate you checking in as always and uh, hanging out with us absolutely
3: thank it's, you it's going to be a victory day on monday coach victory day on monday from this week, a there week from go. Monday. That's Six right. Monday. That's right.
2: There you go. We get a smile on his face. There you go. <laughs> there you go. It's uh, Bengals line. We're on the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network and 700 WLW. We continue on on this Monday night talking Bengals three hours every Monday night. It's Bengals line on the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network and 700 WLW. Lance
3: McAllister and Dave Lapham. And Lance, Fifth Third, your hometown bank is proud to partner with the Cincinnati Bengals, your hometown team. Visit 5.3.com slash Bengals for more on Bengals banking. And the Bengals upgraded the Wi-Fi at Paycor Stadium with the help of their new internet provider, AltaFiber, future-proof fiber internet capable of delivering multi-gigabit speeds designed to take your home, business, and community to a new level elevate your connection with Alta Fiber.
2: David let's talk a little bit more about uh, Joe Burrow dealing with uh, an injury dealing with the rehab now and the, the the physical grind of that but the mental grind of it as well and we talked with Brian Callahan with it, about it earlier in the show it wears on an individual but but Joe has that that makeup and that laser focus and let's be honest he's been through rehabs a number of different times so you, you you tend to not worry because just his makeup and how he has handled it in the past will lead him into handling it again this time.
3: Absolutely, and uh, you look at it, mentioned it during the game, the fact that he never felt sorry for himself at one instant, and that's going to be the case through the entire rehab process. There's no pity party. There's no, oh, poor me. Oh, man, what's going on? Why am I always the one that ha- has to deal with these injuries? If your mind is cluttered with that kind of thing, you're not on point in terms of what you're supposed to do to get done that day for a for proper rehab and Joe Burrow in all his rehabilitations to this point has become rehab player of the year. I mean he's going to do everything to the highest level possible, just like when he plays he's he's going he wants to be the best he wants to be the best quarterback on the football field he wants to help his team be the best team it possibly can be and he's going to take care of himself his body from a rehabilitation standpoint the best that he possibly can as well so everything he does he he does for keeps here's uh joe burrow
2: meeting with the media talking about what has happened and what is ahead for him
10: yeah it's tough you know you work you work so hard for for seasons and moments like these so when you know whenever you get hurt and it it ends it early it's it's tough to tough to handle but you know that's part of the game been through it before so just got to grind it out. Do you
4: walk kind of what happened on that uh, the the game?
10: Yeah, the the play before it happened, I landed on on the wrist a little bit, um, and then the next play, you know, the touchdown pass just felt the pop when uh, in the middle of the throw. Uh, you know, tried to tried to give it a go, but just couldn't couldn't get it done. So, uh, and obviously got the news today, so not great saw I knew i time? couldn't i knew i couldn't t- yesterday uh so that was tough you know i was excited about how that game was heading uh and then you know after the game kind of kind of had a feeling before uh before we got the official news but is what it is.
8: When you went to the tent and before
0: you do did, did you think? Do you feel pretty good about the situation? did you not feel good about the situation?
10: Oh, I'm not. I didn't really have a feeling at that time. Uh, just gonna. T- I was just gonna tape it up and give it a shot. Uh, just couldn't.
0: Joey, I mean, just three years. You've been. I feel like you're always kind of playing through or been dealing with stuff. You know, injuries, tough stuff. How do you deal with? the compilation of this do you worry about the compilation of this stuff over three years
10: no i'm just going to treat it like like anything else you know you analyze the situation go through the the process of what it's going to take to get back and you go and do it that's all you can do
7: what have they told you about the the process of getting back i mean how soon do you expect to be able to throw again and go through all those drills?
10: yeah i don't know um it's still very early, still got a lot of people to talk to uh, and, you know, a lot of work to do, so I don't really have an answer on that one.
0: there's stuff you draw from? I mean, the ACL, that process, how you were able to handle it and come through this, if you draw from that, that feels like it can help you, you know, come out of this uh, you know, with a, a good mindset.
10: Yeah, I've, you know, I've been through stuff like this before, so it's nothing new. You know, like I said, it's football, stuff like this happens. You just gotta live, learn to live with it and... You know, I've talked a lot about leaning on your support system. I got a great support system, great friends, great family. Uh, Help me get through it, great teammates. You know, I'll be around here, so uh, not ideal, but, you know, I've got what it takes, and the people around me got what it takes to to get it done.
7: What have your teammates been
10: saying to you? They've been nothing but supportive. Uh, Love those guys. They're going to keep fighting, get wins, make the playoffs. Uh, You know, Jake's going to play great. Jake played really well yesterday when he got his chance, and, that was off of no practice, so he's going to continue to get better and better. I'm excited to watch him, too. On the play when you landed,
0: the play before the touchdown pass, was there a
2: force from the defender that fell on you just as well? Or was it just
10: all your body? Mm, it's, I don't really even remember. You know, I didn't even really realize that I fell on it before they showed me the video. Um, you know, in the, in the heat of it like that, it's it's hard to... Sometimes you don't even feel what's happening to your body in those situations just because of the the moment and the adrenaline. So it's hard to even uh, describe it.
2: Is it strange that your final pass of the season is going to be a touchdown?
10: Yeah, that's uh, not, you know, the final one, not great, but I was able to get it to him somehow. That's
0: the throw when you felt the pop, correct? When you felt the pop and the pain, you know, how bad
10: was it? I mean, when you're on the field, it's... I would never describe anything on the field as pain. You're just kind of in the moment experiencing things. Um, I wouldn't describe it as pain.
5: You know, there's been social media posts and a lot of documentation. Prime Video had it last night of a wrap on your wrist going into the game. What led to that?
10: that was, this is a completely different different thing. Um, you know, it's not uncommon for guys to wear compression sleeves on plane because when you go up to that altitude you, can, you know, things can swell up. I had, you know, football, you have a lot of bumps and bruises. This is a, a completely new injury. So
7: it was a compression
10: sleeve? It was compression sleeve, yeah.
7: You've soreness before that flight? Is that why you
0: grabbed it or just just a precautionary?
10: No, that was more of a just make sure my arm on a flight doesn't I mean you you try to maintain your body as much as you can and you know on a short week you got some bumps and bruises had nothing to do with the wrist Joe Burrow on the rehab still ahead Lewis
2: Breeden will check in we'll talk with him and uh, a little bit more on the Steelers we've got plenty to get to as we head down the stretch on Bengals line on the First Star Logistics Bengals radio network and 700 WLW Hey, we're back on Bengals line on this Monday evening on the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network and 700 WLW. I'm Lance
3: McAllister along with Dave Lappum. Yes, sir, Lance, before each Bengals home game at Paycor Stadium, stop by pregame at the Banks, located along Freedom Way, visit the Bud Light tailgate zone near Joe Nuxall Way, and then walk through the jungle zone powered by Toyota for face painting, games, and interactive stations. Activities begin three hours prior to kickoff. Big party. Dave,
2: let's welcome in our next guest, how about I, I'll do the honors? Okay. Can I do the honors? Absolutely. All right, our next guest, drafted in 1977 by the Bengals out of North Carolina Central, 10 seasons. He wore number 34. He picked off 33 passes in his career, including when he returned 102 yards to the house. We would be speaking of nobody other than our next guest, Lewis Breeden. How are you?
9: Yes. I'm, I'm doing great, man, and, and thanks for doing the homework, guys, on the bio, because <laughs> otherwise – Otherwise, people wouldn 't know uh, fifty years later, you know
3: but I, I will say though, drafted in major league uh, in baseball as well, great great baseball player and the best Bengal basketball player ever in franchise history, the oh. helicopter Lewis wow. Brown could dunk behind his head oh. under his legs. I mean it was unbelievable, man he, he was the helicopter we called him. They would, the heli-
9: they would call, call me the helicopter. They would call, would call me the helicopter. I did call and you and the that, helicopter. Uh,
3: you were the man, and
9: that uh, I I tried to get him the ball uh, as much as possible to see him ducking underneath the basket. Yeah, so right. The <laughs> rim down. out. Yeah, right.
3: <laughs> I will
9: say, monster region, dunk.
3: The reason, the reason you were the helicopter, you not only got up, you hung there, man. Your hang time was <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> the good old days all huh, right dave? oh man crazy there you go
2: lewis uh take yeah. us back uh just a couple of days and and kind of your reaction to the the gut punch the bengals get with the news of uh joe burrow's injury that knocks him out for the season
9: yeah um guys and, and and dave would tell you man that the last thing you want to see uh with uh with with any football player uh with the bengals or or even opponent, you want to see someone go down with a season in, the in injury. And uh, but one of the reasons, is because you never know when you can go down. So All it's right. not a good thing to be rooting for someone to get hurt. And Joe Burrow is, um, he's had some injuries. I had him doing my career. And I mean, he's the center, center of this franchise, man. They, um, they do some incredible things offensively. And as a team, uh, because of the abilities of, uh, of Joe Burrow, he's incredible, man. I, I mean, he's, he and Mahomes are right there to me. I I I, I pick Mahomes. I think Mahomes can do some things a little bit more creative. But uh, there's not a difference between the way those guys go out and play football and make plays. And that uh, every player, football player does some things differently. And he's a different maker, man. And and that's a tough loss. It's kind of kind of a loss that uh, I don't know how you recover.
3: Man, I will tell you, it's if everybody else does a little bit more, nobody has to do a lot. I guess in his absence and. I guess my question yeah. for you, because you were as good as there was on that back end, why, why do you see, why do you think? Because you watch the Bengals pretty religiously, I know. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. they're giving up chunks in the last two games. Seventeen plays of twenty yards more. Seventeen in two football yeah. games. I mean, and and they weren't. I mean, they played top down coverage about as well as anybody. Has anything caught your eye in particular?
9: Uh, nothing really. I was surprised because. Uh, you know, you've been talking about the secondary because the secondary has been playing so well. I remember all the uh, accolades, all the uh, uh, pundits were giving the uh, the Bengals secondary because they were playing so well with all the uh, young guys. Right, and they did it during during the season too. So I think what happened with Houston, they ran into a hot ball club. Uh, Trout is um, he's a player man, and yeah. they've been they in ball games and they won. I many straight, but they they didn't won yesterday, yeah. and they ran into a team that normally beats them. So I take that away, I think, more than everything. Uh, the Bengals, you know, they have some the people out uh, defensively. Um, I didn't expect that. I, I really thought the Bengals would, you know, it's just like law of averages, man, eventually you're going to win. And I think, what is Lamar Jackson? Something like 7-2, and 8-2 and two over the last few years against the Bengals. But yeah, eight and I, one. I just think of big. Eight and one, okay. I just figured the Bengals would play a good ball game coming off a loss. Um, They would play well, then they could sneak out a win. But when Joe Burrow goes out, you lose all kinds of continuity offensively. And uh, it's hard to make up for
0: that. And from the secondary standpoint, well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
9: They're still talented, And I think the biggest thing with that, with defensively for them, that's not a pass rushing for guys, kind of rushing defense. They do play a lot of zones. So uh, you're going to have to really be co- coordinated um, in the secondary, which they've been able to do, but the last couple of games uh, they've broken down a bit. So hopefully uh they can get that all taken care of the next next ball games throughout the rest of the season.
3: These over routes that are killing them, and, and a lot of times it's like passing off one guy to another in the zone. What, yeah, what's what's the trick to getting that done properly? Have they had issues in that regard?
9: uh it, it's coordination, attention to detail. You, you, you know, you I. It, it kind of reminds me of, you remember last year when uh, Kansas City plays um, um, Philadelphia? There were two touchdowns scored by Philadelphia when the corners were supposed to pass it all on some minor crossing and announce the goal line, and right. they just didn't do it. Right. And you knew they knew what they were supposed to do, but all it takes is just one second of hesitation, a nanosecond of hesitation. It doesn't take much for a guy to get by you and if you got an accurate quarterback and, and, and that um uh, um uh, Baltimore has, has done that this year, you're gonna get deep. Uh, it, it has to be coordinated. Right. Uh, especially when you're playing when you're playing a lot of zone. And those kinds of things where guys are passing off and guys are crossing, um, especially on deep passes. you gotta get a pass rush. The pass rush is always a good at the back of best friend. And they didn't have the kind of pass rush uh, that they've had throughout the season, but they're just not a um the best pass rushing team in the national football league anyway they just played great solid coordinated defense
2: lewis take me back when you were a rookie coming into the league what it was like to have ken riley to to learn from and and as a mentor
9: um you know what it, it was great um i wasn't very disciplined ken riley was so i needed ken riley to kind of a uh, you know, talk to me and, and, and sort of give me some, some guidance. And think about Ken Riley, which Lapham knows, and you know also that uh, uh, Kenny Riley came to Florida A&M and he had never played defensive back before in his life, not in high school, not in college. He ends up being drafted, not playing quarterback, uh, playing defensive back in his second year in the league. He started 65 interceptions later. He's in the Hall of Fame. Crazy. He should have been in earlier and all that, but, um, he was always in my ear, trying to help me the best way he, he, he could. And if Ken Riley were alive today, he would tell you he learned more about the position when Dick LeBeau came than he ever knew, uh, pr- prior because Dick LeBeau had played the game for a long time. And Dick LeBeau is obviously because he was a great coordinator, but he was a very astute. He really studied the game and, um, He didn't know, he he wasn't, he was a stickler for detail, but he did understand that you can't teach every football player to do the same things. so there is no one size fits all for a cornerback. Some quarterbacks, cornerbacks can do certain things differently. Some linemen can do things differently. So you allow for that. And you can't be a stickler for saying, Hey, you got to do this this way. The guy may not be able to do it this way, but he can be do it another way, which may end up being the best way to possibly do it anyway. So, um, Ken Riley was, especially early on, he was always in my ear, always helping me because, quite frankly, when I got here, um, I didn't have the best coaching. Um, uh, I'm not going to mention the guy's name, but um, he, I mean, he was a football coach, but he didn't know the position, so I had to yep, learn from listening yep. to Ken Riley and, and I had to learn, Dave would tell you, I had to learn from listening to Lamar Parrish. Lamar was here one year, but uh, Ken Riley was my coach, man, for uh, while he was here until right. I got who I learned and got up to speed, man, because he's a very smart player. Uh, he helped wide receivers. I mean, Chris Cogsworth will tell you the story all the time. If Chris did something and Ken Riley saw it and was able to maybe knock the ball down and get an interception, he would come back to Chris and say, Chris, this is what you did. And watch, this is basically dictated what you were going to do. Other defensive backs are going to see this. You should, don't give it away. You got to find a way to do it. And And that's how healthy he was on the football field, not just with me defensively, but to uh, wide receiver as well.
3: And I'll tell you that, that, that's a valuable teammate when, you know, behind the scenes, all the things that, that Ken Riley did, that people will never know. People never understand, you know, but teammates, they, they sure do. No question about that. You mentioned Dick LeBeau, Dick LeBeau with the, uh, the fire zone, the zone blitz stuff. I mean, he started all that. He was the, he was the creator and now it's a huge, huge element. in something everybody in the nfl uses to be a guy that uh that changed the game like that that's an amazing thing for dick LeBeau.
9: let me tell you a story about that We'll sit here and, and and tell you something about how creative and how his mind really worked because he was always looking for things and and something just happened um just by watching film um uh, we had a ball player. We run a cover two, which is a zone. Yep. We had a cover two man as well with this man. And we have a particular player, I'm not going to call his name again, who had a tough time on <laughs> game day because he was so focused. We would call cover two, which is a zone, and he was on the slot guy, and he would always run with that guy. And he's he's the only guy running with this guy. And then we come to the sidelines. Why did you run with this guy? And then the, the bow would get on me and Lewis would just tell him, I said, Yeah, I mentioned it to him, blah, blah, blah. And, and we go back out there, and he'd do the same thing again. And he did it throughout the season. And one day, and it would mess up the zone when you have one guy out of place running around the field chasing the guy all over the field. So one day, we're watching film. We're watching film. You know, uh, Dave, when you're watching film, uh, and the coach is not saying anything. He's just watching back and forth. But you don't know who who, who he is watching. You're just hoping he's not going to get on your butt. Right. So finally, he he looked at something. He says, you know what? He called the player's name. He said, you messed up this play all the damn time. But you know what? It's a great defense. What happens was when you're playing cover two and the slot guy, whether it's the tight end or the slot receiver, they can get down the middle of the field immediately. Yeah. And that could mess up your zone because you're too deep. And that could hurt your safeties and your corners who are playing up. You needed someone to hit and run with this guy, maybe 20, 25 yards to prevent this guy from getting downfield. That just happened accidentally, and he killed, he, he coordinated that into our, into our defense. We, and he named it after the guy. Right, so right. I think the guy still messed it up. But, <laughs> but we had a defense, and it meant that anyone who was on that slot guy would have to run with this guy. Vick LeBeau, um, he was a very smart guy. Really, another story with me, Vick would allow me to do some things that he wouldn't allow anyone else to do. That's yeah. what I, he, he, he believed in, not one size fits all. Right. Because he saw that I can do it just by – and, and I did it not knowing I did it. He said, Lewis, you should do that more often, you know, because when you do that, it gives you an advantage. He wouldn't let anyone else do it, but he allowed me to do it. So uh, he was very creative, and that's what made him good because he saw things and he would utilize them. He knew what worked and what didn't. And he wasn't a stickler for uh, one-size-fits-all. Right,
2: right. Lewis, I got one more for you, and I found this last okay. night, and I've never asked you about this, but I've, I've always loved this show. In 1982, you were part of a Bengals team that went to Hawaii to compete in the Team Superstars against the 49ers. Yeah. You beat the 49ers and you lost to the A's. What was that experience like as part of the Bengals Team Superstars for ABC? <laughs>
9: It was great, but it was also embarrassing, too, man, because uh, some of the events, man, some of the guys, like, (laughs) we had some swimming events, and some of the guys who who claimed, now, I can't swim, so I'm not aquatic at all, man, so I knew that I wouldn't be any good in any swimming events unless the event was drowning, then I would be very good at it. (laughs) So, so what? What some of the and some of the guys we put in there weren't very good swimmers. They beat the hell out of the water out of the pool, but they weren't very good swimmers. And one of the, and and what was so embarrassing about that whole thing was we lost. I guess we even lost to the dogs of the A's. We lost to
2: lost
8: to, to the, the dogs,
9: A's.
2: I think. A's in the, the finals. And, yep.
9: And the final event was the tug of war in event. <laughs> Everyone just predicted we were going to win, um, but. We lost to Tuckawar, man. Can you believe that? Football players, (laughs) Tuckawar's a bunch of baseball players. So don't ever mention that I was on that team again, man. (laughs) No, that was a a great event. I had a chance to meet some of the, uh, like Reggie Jackson and some of those guys. Guys I'd uh, seen on on TV play I'd never met before. It was in Hawaii. Got a chance to uh, go to Hawaii for the first time. Everything was paid for because Hawaii is expensive to tax. So, but uh, we had a great time, and uh, Collinsworth and uh, Isaac Curtis was there, and some of the other guys. We had a we had a blast, man. It was a good time.
3: Yeah, and you're right. Watching the uh, the aquatic aquatic events, uh, they were sinking uh-huh. like Plymouth Rock. You're right, man. <laughs> guys were sl- sink, sinking like Plymouth Rock, boy. I can't.
9: I can't swim, man. So, oh, so keep you me go. out of the water, Dave. <laughs> I got you. There you go.
2: Hey, this uh, this was a treat. Thanks for making time for us. Always good catching up.
9: Always good uh, talking to you guys, uh, uh, guys. And that uh, anytime you want me on, uh, give me a buzz, guys.
2: Appreciate you. Excellent. Thank you, Louis. Uh, Louis Breeden joining us on uh, Bengals Line of the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network and seven hundred WLW. We keep moving along. Bengals line, the name of the show. We do it on the First Star Logistics, Bengals Radio Network and 700 WLW. Lance McAllister, Dave Lapham.
3: Hey, Bengals fans, make sure to catch me and Dan Horde every Wednesday this season for Bengals Game Plan presented by Bud Light on the air from 6 to 8 p.m. on ESPN 1530. And Bengals fans on Fridays, make sure to listen to myself and Dan Horde. Or Box Miller for Bengals Pep Rally, presented by Wings and Rings on the air from 3 to 6 p.m. on ESPN 1530.
2: Dave, final thought on the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They, uh, they get outgained again yesterday by the Browns, 259-249. All yep. is not well. Najee Harris after the game. I'm just at a point where I'm tired of this blank. He carried 12 times for 35 yards. He says, "Um, I couldn't get things going. It seems like every time I got it, it seemed like the defense was playing to minimize my role. Is it fixable? Yeah. Are we going to fix it? He says, Blank again. Um, I hear there was a lot of I and me in those statements. That would you lead to the, lead you to think that all's not well with him and the Steelers right now?
3: I think there's a little <laughs> bit of jealousy with Warren's success. I mean, Warren's uh, averaging six point two a carry. Najee's averaging three point nine. Warren busted the seventy four yard touchdown. Warren made more big plays uh, than Harris made in that in the most recent football game against the Cleveland Browns. So Harris is starting to moan about the fact that uh, hey. Uh, Warren is eating into my my opportunity and my playing time, and that's not something that you want uh, to be addressed in the public. There's no two ways about that. Right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers are six and one in one score games, uh, and they're also uh, they they've won six games by being outgained, but they've also lost four by being outgained. It's amazing. Ten football games, every single opponent has gained more yards. Bengals, don't be the one that breaks that streak.
2: Final thoughts, next Bengals line on the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network in 700 WLW. Rolling down the stretch, final segment of the night, Bengals line, First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network, 700 WLW, Lance McAllister,
3: Dave Lapham. And this segment of Bengals line is presented by Bedford Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the Cincinnati Bengals and Paycor who is proud to be the official HR provider of the Cincinnati Bengals.
2: Dave, I love In the Trenches. Tell everybody about In the Trenches.
3: In the Trenches is a podcast that uh, you can find on YouTube and anywhere you get your podcast. And what we do is uh, is it's all Bengals all the time, and we talk to current and former players. We talk to uh, current and former opponents of the Cincinnati Bengals. We we talk to current and former media members (laughs) covering uh, the National Football League try to give every perspective we can on the uh, the upcoming opponent and what the Bengals are doing how their season is tracking and various and a sundry other topics, NFL-related. It's a lot of fun. Love
2: it. Love it every week. Hey, thanks to everybody for uh, joining us tonight. man. Ken Anderson and Anthony Munoz and Louis Breeden and Lou Anarumo and Brian Callahan. Enjoyed the conversation. Hope you did as well. We're back here next week to uh, talk Bengals-Steelers. Wrap that up and look ahead to Jacksonville. It's Bengals line on the First Star Logistics, Bengals Radio Network and 700 WLW.